section fifteen of the central period of the middle age nine eighteen to twelve seventy three by beatrice a lees this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by pamela nagami chapter ten the comnini and the two first crusades ten eighty one to eleven ninety two part one alexius comninus ten eighty one to eleven eighteen whom a successful rebellion had placed on the imperial throne of constantinople in ten eighty one was at the time of his accession a short stout young man of insignificant appearance but of considerable force of character quick and subtle and highly educated he needed all his strength of will and intellect to meet the difficult situation in which he was placed the byzantine court was teeming with intrigue the seljuk turks had seized nicaea in asia minor and were established within a hundred miles of constantinople while the normans of southern italy were threatening the western provinces of the empire in ten seventy one the year of the battle of manzikert robert guiscard the norman duke of apulia had taken bari the last stronghold of the eastern empire in the south of italy he regarded himself as the successor of the byzantine emperor in the italian provinces his daughter was betrothed to a prince of the imperial house naturally enough he dreamt of a further extension of his power and even of seating himself on the throne of the eastern caesars as in ten sixty six another norman duke william the conqueror had made himself king of england in ten eighty one the weakness of the empire gave him the opportunity he sought a norman army crossed the straits of otranto and guiscar won a great victory over the greeks before Durachium or durazzo the important seaport which was the key to the byzantine empire on its western frontier the varangians or imperial bodyguard of mercenaries russian english and scandinavian made a gallant stand on a mound by the sea much as in ten sixty six harold's men had held out on the hill of senlac till they were overpowered by the norman archers and cavalry and alexius himself had to fly from the field durazzo fell into guiscard's hands success followed success and the way to constantinople seemed open when he was recalled to italy by the crisis in the affairs of the papacy his son bohemond carried on the eastern campaign with much ability for some time and alexius constantly defeated in pitched battles was forced to fall back on a policy of intrigue and of petty harassing attacks in ten eighty three the allied greek and venetian fleets retook durazzo alexius managed to raise the siege of larissa and bohemond returned to italy to seek reinforcements in ten eighty five the death of robert guiscard relieved the eastern empire from all immediate danger of a norman conquest the next ten years of the reign of alexius were occupied with struggles with the patsanaks and serbs the unruly tribes of the balkan peninsula and with the seljuk turks of asia minor the sultan alp arslan had been succeeded in ten seventy two by his eldest son malik shah one of the greatest rulers of the eleventh century the model of a mohammedan sovereign for twenty years he governed his people as a despot indeed but a just and beneficent despot 
in concert with his vizier or minister nizam al-mulk an enlightened statesman and a patron of art literature and science jerusalem the holy city and antioch the capital of syria were taken by the turks and malik shah could give thanks to god for permitting him to reign from the persian gulf to the mediterranean sea on the death of the great sultan the master of the world civil war broke out among his descendants and his empire was weakened and divided by internal dissensions the fervour of religious zeal the sanctification of military service in the cause of god which had made the mohammedan armies irresistible were now transferred to the christians of western europe the third anniversary of the death of malik shah november eighteenth ten ninety five saw the opening of the council of clermont in auvergne in which pope urban the second initiated the crusading movement and gave form and reality to that idea of a holy war for the recovery of jerusalem which had long floated dimly before the eyes of devout churchmen and catholic statesmen urban the second made his appeal to a vast multitude assembled outside the walls of clermont he dwelt on the shame and danger of leaving the holy places in the hands of the infidel and urged his hearers to lay aside their private quarrels and to turn their warlike energy into a better channel by going forth to fight the enemies of the cross as he ceased speaking a great cry was heard god wills it god wills it deus vult deus vult this said the pope is the voice of god let these words deus vult be your war cry in the day of battle the people crowded to receive the red crosses of cloth or silk which worn on the shoulder back or breast marked them as crusaders and to take the vow which bound them to follow the way of the holy sepulchre ademar bishop of le puy was appointed papal legate to lead the host like another moses and as the news of the great enterprise spread abroad the enthusiasm became general even in far-off england a chronicler could describe the mickle stirring of the people it was wrote a french monk the work not of man but of god urban's eloquence met indeed with a ready response pilgrimages to the holy land had familiarized western christendom with the east while the conversion of the hungarians to christianity in the eleventh century had opened up a land route to syria along which pilgrims flocked in ever-increasing numbers until the advance of the turks and the capture of jerusalem threw new difficulties in their path and turned peaceful devotees into armed warriors yet the crusaders continued to regard themselves as god's pilgrims peregrini dei and a contemporary chronicler calls the first crusade a happy pilgrimage the blending of religious purpose with the gratification of the fighting instinct was peculiarly acceptable also to an age which was both fiercely warlike and fervently devout before the middle of the eleventh century an attempt had been made under the influence of the church to check the growing ferocity of society by the formulation of the truce or peace of god by which hostilities were suspended on the great ecclesiastical festivals and every week during the days of christ's passion and resurrection from thursday night to monday morning the church councils supported the movement and at clermont the pope enforced the truce of god in connection with the preaching of the crusade 
but whereas the truce caused private wars to cease temporarily the holy war afforded a permanent outlet for the military spirit and gave peace to europe by turning the weapons of the combatants against a common infidel foe the first crusade though organized and directed by the pope was inspired by a real impulse of popular religious feeling the excitement ran like wildfire through western europe peasants yoked their oxen to their farm carts and went forth with their wives and their little ones and all their scanty household store in simple faith seeking jerusalem some fanatics took a goose others a goat as their guide saying that these were possessed by the holy spirit in northern france peter the hermit a pilgrim returned from the holy land preached the crusade with such extraordinary success that he has become the hero of legend and romance and later historians have seen in him the chief instigator of the holy war barefooted and clothed in a rude monastic habit he rode on a mule from village to village and town to town speaking to the people with a fiery vehemence which won thousands to take the cross at his bidding in march ten ninety six the first band of crusaders started for the holy land under walter de poissy and his nephew walter the penniless walteris sine habere or sansevier peter the hermit followed with a great and disorderly host and after him came bands of germans whose passage through the towns of lorraine and southern germany was marked by terrible massacres of the jews the enemies of christ while many of these undisciplined troops of crusaders were scattered or destroyed by the hungarians bohemians and bulgarians whom they robbed and insulted as they passed through their territory peter the hermit after some fighting led his men to constantinople where he joined forces with walter the penniless alexius comnenus viewed with anxiety the approach of this horde of fanatical adventurers he at first advised peter to wait in constantinople till the arrival of the main crusading body but when the hermit's followers began plundering and burning and stripping lead from the roofs of the churches the emperor hastily shipped them all across the bosphorus here in the absence of peter at constantinople the turks fell on the hapless pilgrims and slew them almost to a man meanwhile the more orderly and regular armies of the chivalry of western europe were marching on constantinople in four main divisions first came the germans under godfrey of boulon or boulogne duke of the lower lorraine son of eustace the second count of boulogne and grandson through his mother of godfrey the bearded duke of lorraine with him were his brothers baldwin and eustace they traversed hungary and reached constantinople in safety hearing on the way that hugh the great count of vermandois brother of the king of france who had started independently on the crusade had been taken prisoner by the governor of durazzo and handed over by him to alexius comnenus though alexius probably did not deserve all the accusations of treachery and perfidy which the crusaders afterwards heaped upon him he doubtless intended to turn the crusading movement to his own advantage he was resolved that all the lands won back from the turks which had once formed part of the eastern empire should be restored to him and he determined from the outset to bind the crusading leaders to himself by the close feudal tie of homage after some misunderstanding and even fighting 
godfrey of boulogne was induced to take the required oath and to transport his troops to the asiatic side of the bosphorus before the approach of the second army of crusaders the south italian normans under the emperor's old enemy bohemond and his kinsman tancred bohemond was besieging amalfi with his uncle count roger of sicily when news was brought to him that an innumerable company of frankish warriors were on their way to the holy land straightway writes a contemporary moved by the holy spirit he ordered his costly cloak to be cut up and made into crosses then there eagerly flocked unto him the greater part of the knights who were engaged in the siege so that roger the count remained almost alone alexius won bohemond to take the oath of homage by lavish gifts and promises he had more difficulty with the leader of the third army raymond of st gilles count of toulouse who with ademar bishop of le puy and the southern french crusaders marched over the dalmatian mountains and crossed the balkan peninsula in the spring of ten ninety seven raymond refused to do homage to alexius or to serve any lord save christ and it was only after much persuasion that he consented to take a modified oath of fealty to the emperor meanwhile the fourth army of northern frenchmen had wintered in italy robert count of flanders one of the leaders impatient of delay pressed on in advance but the main force under robert of normandy son of william the conqueror and stephen count of blois and chartres only arrived at constantinople in may of ten ninety seven all these princes received gifts from the emperor and took the oath of homage while alexius in return promised to take the cross himself to protect the crusaders and to support them with troops End of section fifteen